0: Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by the Yazoo Brewing Company, celebrating 15 years of beer in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, everyone. Welcome into the Paul Kaharski Podcast. I'm his co-host, Madison Levins. This podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brews, a Southern original since 2003. And if you haven't already, be sure to take a tour of their brewery or check out their tap room. It's located right off of Division Street in downtown Nashville. I'm a big fan of Yazoo's Hefeweizen, and I know PK likes that as well. Paul, people it going?
1: People think of the Hefeweizen as a summer beer. I think that's ridiculous, but it's summer anyway. In Nashville, it's summer for another month or six weeks, so get yourself some. I'm doing well, Madison. How are you? Glad, uh, glad we could sync up this week. I know you had a big weekend in Charlotte. Uh Traveling the world. Was it fun? The world. <laughs>
0: The Southeast. Uh Charlotte was good. I mean, obviously I went for the Tennessee game, so it wasn't the best outcome, but we had a blast. Um, so it was worth the trip. Charlotte's a cool city. And um the Panthers Stadium is a lot like Nissan Stadium. Like at times I felt like I was sitting in Nissan Stadium.
1: Yeah. Uh, people like Bank to of sell. America. People like to sell Charlotte as uh like Nashville. It's inferior to Nashville in virtually every way, but the stadium is similar. I uh, I agree, and I haven't been there in a while.
0: It's bigger than Nashville, I'd say.
1: Dis- or downtown. I'm, I'm disinterested in the city. I think uh, it had a chance to be a booming southeastern metropolis, and uh, Nashville won that won that race. Well,
0: I think Charlotte's a cool city, but I'm glad to live in Nashville, not Charlotte. There you go. Um, but. <laughs> Paul, we'll just jump right in. We finally got an injury report today, September 5th, and we have one. We know a little update on Harold Landry, Rashawn Evans, and a couple others. When you read this report, what did you gain from it?
1: Well, really, uh, as a credit to myself, the only new piece of uh, information on there to me was that Kendrick Lewis, who's the only person that didn't practice on Wednesday uh, and has been out for some time, is dealing with a foot injury. Um, So that's the new thing We knew obviously Conklin was a knee Um, We knew Landry was an ankle Because somebody national last week Told us he had seen a second specialist uh, I think maybe Robert Edwards In Charlotte after we spoke of Charlotte um, About a high ankle sprain And he seems very unlikely to me this week Um, And earlier uh, I had reported that Derek Morgans Was a knee, a meniscus tear That he had repaired right after the Buccaneers game um and Evans, I reported Wednesday morning, uh that, that Wednesday afternoon it would be listed with the hamstring. Um so those guys were Conklin, Landry, Evans, Morgan Limited on Wednesday. We don't know how limited. We know uh during the open portion of practice, uh according to all the media that were there, they worked individually with Vrabel, who likes to lean on them and get a feel, uh a kind of a hands-on feel of how they're doing. Uh Conklin's not gonna play in this game. Uh, and I'd be very surprised to see uh, any of the three others. Talk to Evans about the idea of, uh you know, is it preposterous to think he could start? He obviously doesn't think so. I think most of us would say yes, Uh, you know. But, and, uh you know, I think if he's going to have a limited role, if he was going to be a situational player, if he was ready, you'd be better sitting him for an additional week. They're very worried about him following the kind of uh, progression that Corey Davis did last year with similar – Hamstring injury. So I think they'll err on the side of caution there. And, and the pass rush is the big injury concern. Uh, Landry and Morgan, unlikely to be ready to go. We could well see uh, – Brian Arakpo certainly going to start outside linebacker, and we could see Kamale Correa uh, as the second starting outside linebacker, I think, less than two weeks after they acquired him from Baltimore. So the pass rush is the most interesting thing going on injury-wise, uh, and they need to get – they need to get healthy uh, on on those edges to to be who they're going to be.
0: we've discussed a lot since Brabel took this head coaching role how quiet he is in giving specifics to the media or to anyone about these injuries do you think that this is something Brabel's going to be able to keep up all season or is he going to have to be able to give people more specifics on what's going on inside this team
1: well. I think I've proven it. Uh, we can find out on occasion, at least. But I think it's very unlikely, you know, if somebody doesn't finish the game in Miami, to have to give a report in game, you know. So if uh, but, you know, pick a random guy. If if um, Taewon Taylor leaves the game, they ultimately have to say Taywan Taylor ankle questionable to return. We'd get that nugget of in-game information, but then I presume after the game uh, on Sunday evening at a Monday press conference uh, on a Tuesday off day, we wouldn't hear any details from Mike Vrabel until he had to put that guy on an injury report that Wednesday, Um, and, and then we'd get an official listing. Outside of those two official mechanisms, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday injury report about Uh, Did you practice? Were you uh, limited or were you full with the body part? Um, And those designations in game, if somebody leaves the game, I don't think we'll get anything else. And so, you know, a lot of guys finish the game on Sunday, but wind up in the training room on Monday with something that could cost them. So I think we'll discover some surprises on Wednesdays. Uh, in terms of guys who are are limited or out as a result of something that happened on Sunday uh, that wasn't bad enough for them not to finish the game, but then was bad enough to require some mispractice uh, in the days after that as he recovers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't want to spend my life chasing those. Uh, You know, I kind of picked the ones to to chase during this camp and uh, ultimately did all right. I don't know exactly what was to be gained by three and a half weeks of us not knowing it was Rashawn Evans's hamstring uh, when we know as Wednesday officially that it was a hamstring. But uh, it's, it's the game we're playing here, and uh, it, it could be worse on a lot of fronts. Again, I think Vrabel's pretty candid and offers a lot of really good examples when answering questions from us. Uh, that there are a lot of people who don't do that. And so uh, I'll be grateful.
0: Yeah. And other people around the league, how would you compare what Vrabel gives on injury reports to other head coaches around the NFL? Like, is he super reserved or could he be more reserved?
1: Uh, Well, I don't know if he could have been any more reserved before the injury report uh, came out. Um, I think I think plenty of coaches try to – and I've actually asked some some players if there's a fine for talking about it and been told uh, they're not aware of it. So he hasn't – you know, I I think his control of the information has been superb. Again, I don't understand the necessity for it. But that agents and family and players uh, and, you know, the – uh, whoever else knows, there's a decent amount of people that know, uh, that Derek Morgan had, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, hurt his knee in that game and then ended up having surgery on his knee that, that Brabel is able for a good while to keep things like that a secret is, is, uh, a tribute to his ability to control something, um, I think a lot of guys around the league wish they could do that. I know some guys, you know, Mike Malarkey's not in the league anymore, but he discovered this wasn't worth it. Um, and, you know, he, he was on the much more candid end of things. But generally speaking, they're all paranoid about it. They'd like to say as little as possible. Um, and and uh, I, I think they do. You know, what's going on, um, <clears throat> you know, to what degree they can control agents and families and players is a different story. And Vrabel's been very good at that so far.
0: Well, Saturday, we saw the roster go from 90 to 53. It seems like we can be pretty confident that the roster is set heading into Sunday's opener in Miami. But, Paul, do you anticipate much shuffling at all? after the Miami trip, or is this the set roster for the Titans?
1: Well, I mean, nobody ever has a a set, set roster, right? Because uh, things change and injuries happen and somebody you're not expecting to come free comes free. Um, This is the roster they're going into Miami with, and, uh, you know, it'll go from 53 to to a game day active 46. We know, you know, Conklin's going to be a scratch there. And like I just said, I think Landry Evans Morgan will, and Lewis, you know, the five guys on the injury report are going to make for the large share of that inactive list on opening weekend. Uh, The thing that changes after Sunday is a veteran player, a guy who's been in the league four years, a vested veteran. If he's on your roster on Sunday, his base salary guarantees, okay? So all these guys that have on their roster who've been uh, in the league for four years, uh, once they've made this roster on Sunday, their base salary is guaranteed. So if you brought in somebody from the outside uh, who's a four-year player, his base salary would be guaranteed. So that's why there's there tends to be a little bit of a flurry of activity still next week with guys like that. Now I I, I, can't, I I haven't found it that some people told me that John Simon signed with Tampa Bay. Uh, when I looked a little bit earlier, I didn't see a report of that. So he may ha- he may be off the market, uh, and I think he's a he's a good good player uh released by the Colts lately and he has a relationship with Vrabel from both Houston and Ohio State and with Pease from Baltimore that's the kind of guy if he was still available on Monday I would think that the Titans would be compelled to look at particularly if uh if if the pass rushing depth uh presented itself to be a a problem to them um I'm searching on the internet right here and I'm not finding any John Simon Buccaneers stuff. So maybe I'm completely blind or maybe the people on Twitter who were telling me that he had signed were were pulling my leg. Uh, But whether he's gone or not, guys like him um, are are the kind of guys that could get signed early next week. And that's the reason that they wouldn't be signed before uh, before Sunday. And I do think, frankly, I mean, Aaron Stinney and Cameron Batson – and uh, those two guys in particular are not in high demand around the league. I, I don't think Matt Dickerson would be either. That's why I'm surprised that uh, that uh, I was surprised four undrafted rookies made it, uh, and I'm surprised by those three because I, I, I think they'd be very coveted around the league. I think they could have gotten them on the practice squad relatively easily. Sharif Finch is a different story. That's a guy who made a big splash in the preseason. Is clearly, uh, you know, they had to keep him on the roster in order to 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 keep hold of him. And they needed to keep hold of him. He's a, he's a promising young player. Uh, um, The other three, I I wouldn't have any beef with any of those three being uh, out early next week while the Titans brought in somebody with more experience at a, at a position of need, if they find somebody uh, suitable.
0: Were there anyone that they kept or that they didn't keep that just absolutely surprised you?
1: Yeah, I mean, those three, uh, surprised me. I'm, I'm surprised that, uh, <clears throat> Josh Caraway didn't end up on the practice squad, for example, because I think he's got some good qualities, but I think they feel like they've got enough young guys, uh, at, at outside linebacker. And, uh, I don't know that he surfaced anywhere else either, which, which tells you, uh, a little bit. Anthony Ferkser surprised me also in that I think that, uh, the fourth tight end needs to be more of a blocker than a receiver for this team because uh, Delaney Walker is obviously going to be heavily featured in the passing game. And John o. Smith is uh, probably a better receiver than blocker at this stage. He needs to block better in the regular season than he did in the preseason. And, and while Aaron Stalker, Luke Stalker, who I call Aaron constantly and just did again, while Luke Stalker. <laughs> Uh, is the blocking tight end, so to speak. I don't think he's been that good at it. And uh, uh, I was surprised that he went so unchallenged, uh, as was Blake Benningfield, uh, you know, who's been writing for me, uh, didn't really understand how, how Stocker was so unchallenged um, through the offseason and camp. And so um, Ferkser is a guy I think you know did some nice things as a receiver, but I don't know if he's going to be a good enough blocker to be the guy they need to turn to if something happens to one of the three. Um, so he's another guy to keep an eye on if, and as this roster evolves a little bit.
0: Paul, I have to ask you about this Colin Kaepernick campaign that Nike released. For those of you that don't know, Nike released their 30th anniversary celebration of it's just do it campaign. Colin Kaepernick is the face of it, the brand of it. I mean, the league's been pretty quiet about this and the protests, but I feel like Nike really hasn't. I saw a billboard went up um, with this ad with his face on it in San Francisco too. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, we talked about on the midday 180 in terms of, uh, and you know, Chad had a good take on it in terms of they uh, are super invested, like they think they'll do so well with the Kaepernick supporting side of this that it'll more than offset uh, the loss of of the uh, the people who are on the other side of it to the degree that they would swear off ever wearing Nike again. My, my thing is, uh, and I, I mean, I think the commercial's brilliant. I mean, Nike makes a good commercial. There's yeah. no, no secret there. Um, my thing is that I think here the league <clears throat> has has gone quiet on this and maybe smartly so though I would have liked the the commissioner to have quote unquote solved this. I don't know that it's solvable, the protest question. Um, But here the league does a pretty good job of getting quiet on it. And then one of the league's big marketing partners uh, is going to run this commercial uh, tomorrow night, that Thursday night, during the the nationally televised opener. So they might want to get away from it. The league might want to keep it quiet. And here in commercial time, owned by a broadcast partner, used by uh, a marketing uh, outfitting partner, it's coming up again. So they they can't get away from it. There's no getting away from it. And that's the thing that struck me. I I would think in in the league office, uh, I'm certain they were told it was coming uh, by Nike because uh, that's a good partnership. But I think um, the league had to be thinking, geez, you know, uh, these uniforms that sell pretty well in our pro shop with the swoosh on them. Right. We're not, we're not part of what we thought was going to enter into this quote unquote controversy. And here we are. So, I mean, I think it's really kind of a big lesson that it's just unavoidable and, um, you know, we're never going to completely stop talking about it. I'm very interested to see what happens. Uh, Richard Matthews kind of treated me like an idiot when I asked him about it lately. Um, Again, he stood for the anthem in uniform um, at the fourth preseason game in which he didn't play. And I think he probably did the same thing uh, out of uniform at the at the first home preseason game. But, you know, he's noncommittal on what his intention is for Sunday. I expect he's going to be out there and the Titans aren't going to have somebody for people to complain about. And I wonder what's going to happen. I I don't think – if Rashard Matthews is out there standing with his teammates during the National Anthem in Miami, a lot of people who swore off the Titans over what he – over him staying in the locker room for all but one game last year after the president said what the president said, they're not coming back. They don't care. He did it. It doesn't matter what he does now. They'll say, oh, I'm glad he came to his senses, but I'm not forgiving him for what he did last year as if he needs their absolution.
0: It's interesting that you say you think the NFL knew that this campaign was coming. I didn't think about that, but yeah, I guess you kind of have to think with that partnership that they knew it was coming. It wasn't just a huge shock to them, but I don't no, know.
1: But I, but I don't know what you do to get, uh, to get ready for it. You know, there's nothing they could do really to, uh, to, to soften the blow to the people who are NFL fans who are annoyed by it, but just, just nothing they can do. They just have to, Uh, concede it and let the president do what the president's going to do.
0: So another commercial that was released this week. I know you're a fan of this show, House of Cards. I watched the, like, honestly, I don't even think I got through the whole first season. I like the show, but they, but they're coming back with the last season is what I was reading about earlier this week.
1: I love the show. Uh, super, uh, super con- compelling. Uh, so, I could
0: see you like so liking many that show.
1: twists and turns and so much intrigue uh, led by Frank Underwood. But obviously, Kevin Spacey uh, got himself caught up in. in
0: uh, don't give uh, any spoilers. Don't give any spoilers.
1: Well, I don't think anybody's going to have it spoiled here. If you're a fan of the show, you know Kevin Spacey's not on it anymore because. I didn't Kevin- know that. Kevin Spacey is, uh, you know, got got caught up harassing, uh, allegedly harassing oh, young, yeah. young men, and so Netflix uh, severed its relationship with Kevin Spacey. And I think uh, what's about to happen in House of Cards, based on this preview, is what everybody would have had to presume. He had to disappear uh, in some no. way, shape, or form. And I don't think any of us are surprised to see his wife, who's now the president, uh, played by okay. Ryan. Okay, huge Ryan Pence.
0: spoiler. Huge
1: spoiler. I I said nobody's going to be surprised by this. Nobody's surprised to see her standing over a gravestone. I
0: I didn't know she was president.
1: Oh, she's been president for a while.
0: Okay, but not after the first season. I mean, after the first season. You
1: you can't ask for no spoilers on a show that's been uh, out there for like over a year.
0: Okay, but I don't read about it on purpose because I do really like the show and I do want to eventually go back to it. I just
1: if you're not caught up yet, you surrender your right to not have it spoiled. I I mean, there got to be rules on that. Like if there's you know, if we're talking, I'm not a, a Game of Thrones person. If the show's on yesterday and you don't want me to spoil it for you today because you haven't gotten to it on your DVR yet, that's reasonable. But like I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I can't ask you not to tell me what happens on Game of Thrones in case I turn out to watch it at some point. That would eliminate much of America's uh, entertainment conversation.
0: Well, I don't have cable, so I don't watch a lot of you don't commercials. Have cable so. there? What are you watching?
1: You streaming?
0: Yeah, we. I mean, apps with Apple TV. So, so any anything I want to watch, I watch from an app.
1: All right. Now, I, I imagine some of these apps are funded by other people, but if you added up the cost of all of the apps, would it not cost <laughs> the same as a cable bill?
0: <laughs> no. No. An app is like... Summer. I understand.
1: HBO to Go, you have to buy, though, oh, right? No, or okay, SPN okay. Plus.
0: I do, No, I do cheat. I do cheat because I use, I use a lot... No, a lot of these apps you have to log in with your cable provider. Right. So Grant and I log in with Our parents' cable provider,
1: and this is happening all over America. But I'm saying, if you had to buy HBO to go and ESPN Plus or whatever, all these things, if you and Netflix and Hulu and whatever else you did, if you bought all of those things, would the total add up to roughly a cable bill?
0: Okay, but you don't understand Netflix. People have cable, and they also have Netflix and Hulu and HBO Go, and I'm one of those people. Okay, so then well, I don't have
1: HBO. Sense. Go, I have access to HBO because I have the cable, but I have okay, Netflix. Okay, so your cable.
0: defense doesn't make sense. Why would I pay for cable and all of those apps when I can get everything that I want to watch on those apps? I don't need to pay for
1: cable. Right, I'm not saying you should pay for cable. I'm saying is the total of what you would be paying if you were paying for all of the stuff that you're watching, all of those things like your Netflix combined I don't with know. Hulu, is that know. close to a cable bill? That's I don't know.
0: Question. I don't know how much a cable bill has. What like a hundred and sixty bucks?
1: Probably. Okay. Plus your internet. So yeah. I mean, how are you getting your internet?
0: We have. I don't know. We just... the cable
1: company. I don't know. You don't know how you have internet. It just <laughs> magically appears in your apartment. <laughs> we have unearthed something big here, ladies and gentlemen. Madison simply turned on <laughs> her computer, and it is online at her apartment. It's a miracle.
0: No, I mean we have a modem and it's a like router.
1: It's like the future. Like I think yeah. the internet.
0: No, it's through AT&T. Mm. Clearly, I didn't set pay? any of that up. Who's off. paying that bill? I do, me and my brother split it. That's beautiful. <laughs> wow, you just exposed me.
1: I did. I did. She doesn't know where her cable comes from.
0: Oh, that's right. I think that you're
1: logging on to the I'm your neighbor, don't even try to sign on Leto. account.
0: I have my own internet. Come Do on. you? Whatever. Let's just switch gears Move it and off. take this off of me. Uh, big news in Nashville this week. MLS is set and plans are to build the stadium on the fairgrounds. That's been talked about for a couple of years I'm not a big soccer person. I don't follow it a lot, but I know that you are. So what's next for soccer in Nashville?
1: Well, what's next for soccer in Nashville uh, is very quick. Um, it's, it's next Tuesday night, September 11th. It's the United States against Mexico at Nissan Stadium. Uh, and I'm going to take another opportunity here to do something I don't think I've ever done in the history of my time in Nashville media, um, which is push ticket sales. Um, because I'm a big soccer guy and the biggest sporting event in the world is the world cup and the world Cup's going to be played primarily in the United States in 2026 and Nashville has a legitimate chance to host games and uh, you know, our, our interest in our execution in MLS certainly shows us as a burgeoning soccer town, which helps the case what would further help the case is a big showing at Nissan Stadium on Tuesday night. The Kuharski family will be there. The tickets are not cheap. We paid I think 89 bucks a ticket for three tickets. Uh better seats are, you know, uh, over 150 bucks, I think. I'm not telling you you have to spend 150 bucks, but if you're a soccer person in any way shape or form, if you like the idea of International soccer at the highest level, the biggest international sporting event there is, setting down uh, in Nashville in in 2026, which would be unbelievably good for the city, uh, and those tickets would be very expensive, and they'd be snatched up by by fan international fans coming from all over the world to our city, filling our hotels, drinking in our bars, all of that stuff, uh, and then who knows, you know, you could get a classic game that's talked about for for. Fifty years. Uh, If you want those things to happen, you can kind of vote for it in some way, shape or form by spending a couple dollars, more than a couple dollars. But go, go to this game on Tuesday night at that Nissan Stadium. This is the first time I can ever remember telling people to buy tickets for something. I don't foresee another occasion where I would be telling you to do so. So if you put any value in that, go, go to Ticketmaster.
0: Paul, I did go to my first uh, Nashville Soccer Club game last Saturday.
1: How was it? I haven't been to the. Um, I'm not a big minor league soccer guy. I'll, I'll wait until it's major league. I was to the opener at Easton <laughs> Stadium, but I haven't been to uh, to First Tennessee Park. What'd you think?
0: Um, I think that I hung out in the band box the entire time yeah. and barely watched the game.
1: That's all right. They'll, they'll accept you.
0: But I mean, I just, like I said, I'm not a big soccer person. It was a cool environment. There were a lot of people there, but I just, I couldn't get into it, all but right. it was cool to see. I did like it.
1: You're uh, the, the cash you spent there. You're all right with. Um, that's going to do it for first half. This is uh, turns into a members only here. So Paul Kuharski podcast brought to you by Yazoo brew in Nashville and Nashville institution. I'm a Nashville institution. You're a Titans fan. If you're not a member of my site, I don't know what you're doing exactly, but you're not who you say you are. So sign up, come to the site, and you'll be able to listen to part two of this, which will start in just a moment.
0: The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L
1: dot